You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable Podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Episode 115. Pew, 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 pew. I want to download the, uh, That's get, right. just get a real air horn. The air horn every time. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm your host. Am I the host? I nah. think so. You're the host with the most. The hostess with the mostest. Uh, host. Host. Anyways, my name's Andrew. With me, as always, is Corland. Hello. And Cameron. Good day, everyone. Uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in. If you're, We've just been laughing a lot before we hit record. Get all the nervous giggles out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. Uh, any updates this week, boys? Uh, mediocre life updates? Any wins of the week? How's it going, Corland? How's life? Mediocre life updates? Because remember we talked about like everyone's just like, what's new and exciting? It's like, my life is pretty boring. (laughs) I do do remember that. Mediocre life updates. My son's got diaper rash right now. Well, okay. So anyways, let's get to the topic. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're happy to be back on a schedule of uh, public skate on Sunday. So it's been a tradition in our family. Classic city employee. Come out to our city event. Yeah, right. No, you know what? It's actually funny. I saw some people from church there on Sunday. I'm like, hey, welcome back to the season. Right? It's so true. And uh, it's a great, like, we're in Mennonite church. It's free. If oh, snap. <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's a nice draw. Yeah. But um, no, when we first moved here and the kids started skating, it just became this yep. regular kind of routine, which is just really neat because it brings us all doing the same thing. You and, uh, you and Aaron had come out quite a bit in the yeah. past. Yeah, because it's Sundays like one thirty to three thirty, and then four thirty to six thirty. That's right? right. Yeah, and it's free at the Oval. So, I my goal this year with skating is to learn how to stop you, without hitting oh, the boards. I didn't realize you, you don't know stop. how to stop. Nah, pizza every time. Pizza, pizza, and then French fries. Yeah, pizza and French fries. <laughs> But actually, though, if I have to stop most of the time, I just run myself into the boards or I just coast until I'm slow enough that I can. Okay, I've skate. gone skating with you. I never realized yeah. that. That's because we don't hardly ever stop. You just keep skating. You just keep <laughs> skating. I only have to stop one time yeah. when we leave. <laughs> that or I just point for the open gate that doesn't have children coming through it. So That's I can right. just like hop onto the mats and walk off. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, this. So yesterday, um, have have you you have younger kids. Has either of your kids. Uh, had the wind knocked out of them? Had they experienced that? Natalia once, yeah, going down yeah. the slide and kind of. <gasps> yeah, so Ruby yesterday we were we went to because Molly uh, tutors, so I try and like get the kids out of the house uh, so it's actually quiet. So we took I took them to Robert Ogilvie, and you know if you've been there with your kids that like blue, just like circle structure that's twisty that has like handholds yeah, that yeah. you can like hold on so she was at the top and then i think uh-huh. went to like rut and fell backwards Shoot. so it's like seven eight feet and landed on her back and this is the first time any of my kids have ever yeah. like knocked the wind out of her and like both lucy and oliver are just staring and ruby's like oh, oh, like not <laughs> breathing okay. so i'm like it's okay i know exactly what this is <laughs> totally. give it a minute <laughs> And then finally it was like, <gasps> she's screaming. Right. And it was, it was like scary for her, it's, but I'm like, oh man, I, I, I know that feeling when you're like, I'm going to die. I can't breathe. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so speaking of which, how do you protect your kids? Oh, what a segue. So yes. Uh, episode 115. Cam actually gave us this question at the start of the school year. 
Because yeah. uh, lots of kids going back to school. Lots of parents concerned about how to raise your children. Yeah, so why don't you ask the question, Cam? It, like, it came out of a conversation that uh, I had with two people and then, of course, with uh, my wife. Because our children go to a cold central, uh, a public school here in oh, town. Oh, wee wee. Yeah, ho ho. Um, <laughs> so funny. I don't know why we did it. We just thought it'd be cool. And they're, you know, Natalia's in grade five. and They're both in French immersion, right? Oh, it's an only French school now. Oh, they don't have... Oh, no, I think you've told me that. There's no that. English. Uh, the, the year we moved here, they removed the English program. Right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it just came out of a conversation, of course. In church and in, in Christian community, there's uh, folks who, of course, homeschool. There's folks who send their children to the Christian private school. Uh, and there's folks who just send their kids to public school. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think every year it's just come up like... Uh, where there have been posts online or just influence around like, you know, if you if you really valued uh, discipling your children, then homeschool might be a better option. Hmm. And each year, I think Tatiana has just had this impression like, hmm, are we doing the right thing? Yeah, right. Yep. Just for a split second, because we've actually never felt convicted otherwise. I uh, personally was homeschooled uh, one year as a kid, hated it. And my parents, <laughs> I was in grade three. Because we were moving a lot, and then in grade eight, my parents said, oh, we're going to send them to the private Christian school. That's the first year I ever tasted alcohol, and I tried a cigarette (laughs) in private Christian school where everyone sent their children to hopefully find the straight and narrow. (laughs) It's like, you know, I grew up in a pretty late, uh, tame household, and then I go there, and all these kids were like, hey. So it was like, that was a bad idea, Like, and so went back to uh, public school. So I just thought, yeah. It was an interesting thought, so we did text it out a few weeks ago without any prior knowledge of a march or a... Uh, yeah, we'll get into a, that. That'll be good. You know, the, the expression uh, yesterday in town of a group of folks who are very concerned about curriculum and influence of children in school. So, yeah, I think it'll be just an interesting t- topic to unpack. We all have kids. Uh, Corlin's, of course, are not yet. In school age, I understand yours go to public right next door. Yeah, Lucy and Ruby are in grade five and three. They go to Finch, which is across the street or like right next door to the church. And then Oliver just started at uh, preschool at the CDC three days a week. Isn't all of life preschool before you're in school, though? Okay. Like, did you teach him how to like? No, I made sure I stuff? didn't teach anything. Okay, blank slate, <laughs> blank slate. I, I, this is off topic, but I saw one guy who was like, "Think about like the power you have as a parent. You could tell your kid, no, that the sky is green. That's green." And he's how messed up would they be? And then he was saying like, "I suddenly realized I can." Oh man, that's a lot of responsibility. When one of my nephews was little, we we told him the stars were called fire chickens, and for a little while, he definitely called stars. He's fire gonna go to school and be like, "What do we call anymore. that? Fire chickens." <laughs> <laughs> he knows now that they're not, but it is it is. Fun. Um. So yeah, our kids, uh, too old to start in, in school too. So it's a good question. Like it's there's a few different layers. Like how do you disciple your own kids, and how do you protect your kids? Right. I think all of us as parents at differing stages of parenting are like, I want to protect my children. I want to biblical. I want to. Yeah. I want to keep them safe physically and mentally. And I want to help them grow spiritually and emotionally and things like that. So, yeah, it would be a good discussion. Even you listening, if you don't have kids, um, you know, statistically, most of you will one day. 
Um, but even if you don't, you think about, okay, church-wise, many of you have uh, nieces or nephews. Some or of you, friends who have kids. Some of you have friends who are kids. And just the idea of like, okay, as Christians. Did you say friends who are kids or friends, friends who, who have, have kids? kids? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. How do you want to start into this? Like, as well, a parent, how do you disciple your kids? I think primarily a lot of that has to take place at home. Like, I don't send my kids to school Sorry, let me rephrase that. I send my kids to school so that they can learn how to read and write, learn math, science, and a big part is learn how to interact with other yeah. human beings, right? So it's even funny with Oliver. Oliver, uh, for three years, lived in the COVID world where it was like, oh, yeah. we weren't, you know, we can't interact with people, but lots of people were. So Ollie didn't really like play with kids. And now, Already, it's like super hard for him because he's like, well, this kid just grabbed this toy and now I'm going to freak out and cry about it. And so yeah. part of even preschool is like, we want you to learn how to be like a normal human being and interact yeah. with people and share. And mm. so I don't, I, I send my kids to school going, that's the goal. Uh, I'm going to teach them at home. And I guess, I don't know, just trying to be really intentional about teaching them what is like a biblical worldview and we often have conversations with our girls like, you're going to hear this at school, and that's the world, right? But both Lucy and Ruby have made professions of faith. Um, Lucy's been baptized, so we're like, you are followers of Jesus. So the world will tell you that a girl can be a boy, and a boy can be a girl, and you can be whatever you want. And we often just have conversations of like, is that true? And it's like, no, it's not true, because yeah. here's what... Jesus says, right? Here's what the Bible says. And so I've noticed the older they get, it we have like almost daily conversations about stuff like that, right? Sure. Yeah. So and I think it, the most of course formative years are like Corlin at your stage like with Gemma like she's just learning the very basics of what it means to be a a decent human being and, and children are by far decent. Um but I remember even before the the years of school like we were teaching our children, you know, about the Lord and about how to be, uh, well, we didn't, you know, honestly in our home, we didn't sit down since they were like able to function and be like, this is the word of the Lord. We, we modeled, uh, in our home, what love is and what, what thankfulness is. And even to this day, um, there are nights where we don't read the Bible with them, but not <gasps> a night goes by where we don't sit down and we go in a circle and talk, what are we thankful to God for today? And they all, they all list something And Sasha my youngest is often like, I'm thankful that I can hug you today. And he'll come up and give each of us a hug every single night. I'm thankful that I had food today. I'm thankful that I had school today. And then I got to hang out with a friend. Just something like that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we feel like that's such a vital posture for him to be a good Jesus follower. Because it's, yeah. I think, a base of humility <clears throat> and thankfulness. Didn't you say that there's some nights when they're tired and they're like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, like we're thankful. Can we just go to bed, please? <laughs> yeah. That's so normal, though. I love just, it. Yeah. Can we just pray? Yeah. Can you just pray quickly, please? <laughs> yeah. But um, so then, like, I think that's the big difference. Like, there's that home that must function. But and I know school is a pretty hot topic, but our neighborhood, we, we are fortunate to live in a neighborhood with so many kids. And this mm -hmm. is before they even um went to school like throughout the summer and the influence that's negative and the brokenness amongst children and families in our neighborhood yeah was so like shocking to to them mm -hmm. um, yeah coming home and just no like telling me i heard terrible words today yeah 
which ones do you hear? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, they, they live and play in this space of like, they would have to just, they're integrated. And my first thought, and I told my wife, I'm like, you know, should we go buy a quarter section and leave all of this? Mm. We never felt that that would be the answer for us here today. Cause I do like the fact that they can open that we can leave the front door open and we hear them laughing and playing with households of kids. Yeah. And then, yeah, you go to school and it's like, they are exposed to so much, mm-hmm. um, just in general, not even from a negative light. And, um, yeah, I'm rambling. I would like to hear I, from yeah preschool or even like okay. So how old's Gemma? Uh, she's gonna be coming up on two this year. On two, that, Ooh, that was like a very Canadian. Yeah, we're gonna take her to Timmy's for a double double <laughs> there, pal. <laughs> um, but even as a uh, parent of like younger kids, yeah, I don't know. What are you guys doing at home to maybe lay a foundation? Yeah, and this is not to make you be like, oh, we spend an hour in Bible study. No, like I remember we. Yeah. Anyways, I want to hear from you. Like, well, it is. It's an interesting conversation to have. It's interesting to navigate with kids because, like, not gonna lie, if we pull out, there's only one book that has anything to do with Jesus that Gemma's at all interested in. Yeah. If you pull out her little picture book Bible, she gets through one page and is like, no. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm not gonna hold her there, kicking cast and screaming, that demon like, out. No, we are reading this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And yet I, I want her to, to yeah. grow up knowing scripture, but yeah, to sit down with the physical body, like the actual with the Bible one and a half year her, old. Yeah. It doesn't do much. It might model something more though. Like for example, uh, this is really convicting. Aaron and I have noticed that Gemma goes and gets our phones if we leave them across the room and not our Bibles. <laughs> yeah. That's she, pretty convicting. She's probably like, you need this dad. Yeah, she's like, you're always on this. You need this. So can you imagine if, if we modeled that we were always meditating on the word of God, stuff like that. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. uh, Aaron and I have the conversation about school often. Um, I was public school system uh, all the way through. I think there was like a month that I was homeschooled because teachers went on strike and my mom's like, well, you're not, not learning anything yeah, yeah. for a month. And I hated it because home was always meant to be a place where you weren't doing school. So then when I had to do school, I was like, this is really dumb. Yeah. I can't believe people want to do this. However, Aaron was homeschooled. Um, all the way through, right? All the way through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and finished when she was like eight or what? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Not, not quite that early. Um, and, and so the conversation for us often comes to the, the question of why would we want our children in public school or why would we homeschool them? Yeah. Uh, we feel like that's probably the most important, not so much like, are they going out into the world or are they staying safe with us? The question is like, like if we are keeping them at home so that they are never exposed to other people's sin, mm-hmm. that's a false dichotomy. It will not happen because Aaron and I sin Yeah. because her little brother Kendron will sin yeah. because uh, she has uncles and aunts who like, yeah. um, we know lots of families and Aaron and I have heard so many stories of people who shelter their children from everything, like to the extent of like, they don't go to public swimming pools. They don't go like if they go on holidays, they don't go to the beach or if they do, they stay at a, a very far distance because we can't expose them to anything. And meanwhile, those are the families that sexual abuse happens in. Yeah. Like, like to say that you're not go- or that you're going to protect your children from everything by keeping them next to you is just false. Yeah. It's, it's not actually true 
But to send them to public school and say, oh, it's fine. They won't be exposed to too much. I'll make sure to teach them. It's like, well, there's a tension there, too, because they are exposed for many hours yeah. to other people's beliefs. And so I think you then would have to spend a lot of intentional time. So we go back yeah. and forth on this. And it feels like on either or there can be naivety. Yes. Where it's just like you're naive that like <clears throat> if I if I homeschool my kids and keep them home for everything, then they'll just turn out perfect. Or there's naivety when it's like, I'll send my kids to school and they're not trying to brainwash my kids. Yep, fine. Absolutely. Both you can be naive. So I'll give you an example. Like I knew one family years ago that had that feeling of like, we're just going to live out in the middle of nowhere, homeschool our kids and we're protecting them. And then it, they came to, it was either me or Dawn, but we, we shared like then their 11 year old boy was looking at porn. And it was kind of, their world was rocked. Like what? We kept him from all of that. And yeah. that's exactly what we're talking yep. about. Like there is a responsibility as parents to protect, but like, don't be naive saying like, as long as I homeschool them and they never go out, they'll never sin. It's like, Ugh. yeah, it's, it's just not true. No. So I think like Aaron and I, the wording that we often use, and this is still a wrestle as to which system we would want to use. Cause we're not there yet. Yeah. You got a few um, more years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that we consistently ask is like, if we are homeschooling, are we intending to indoctrinate our children or actually educate them? Like, are we going to try and put knowledge into their heads so they are not ever open to any ideas? Hmm. Well, I've, as a youth pastor, when I was one here, I've seen the effects of that and, mm -hmm. and it's not actually all that healthy. Yeah. There are times where it's really healthy to be incredibly firm in what you know and believe, but there's also times where it's actually quite destructive um, mm -hmm. and even the ability to interact with other people who might see things differently is often yep. affected then and so we we like to land and hope that we'll land somewhere on that we hope our kids are actually educated so that they can make decisions around yeah. those things so teaching that when them they, to be critical thinkers yeah and, when yeah. they come so if aaron or or if i stay home and teach them we would hope that we actually teach them so that when they go out into the world, they're able to actually critically think about what's happening and not just say, my mom and dad said that's wrong. I, right? uh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen uh, and I know of several homeschool families and I think they're doing it really well. Yeah, yep, totally. Same. I think, same here. And not only that, from a logistical standpoint, I could see how it just makes sense for their life. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, like so my sister right. is an example. They are now moving to Panama because they're like, we homeschool our kids. Uh, her husband works online. They're like, we can go anywhere in the world and go have an adventure. And that's pretty. I cool. think they're doing a really good job. That's cool. Yeah. And and um, you know, in our, it's funny. I was just <clears throat> thinking as you were speaking. My mother-in-law lives with us, so there's three of us on two kids. And she was a kindergarten teacher in another life way back when yeah. in the USSR. So like, ooh. oh yeah, uh, they were actually uh, <laughs> get the ruler. <laughs> oh, we were we were touring their classrooms last night at Central, and my mother-in-law came with us, and she's like. Wow, it's so beautiful, these classrooms. It was a desk yeah. and a blackboard yeah. and chalk for everyone in kindergarten. But our house looks like a kindergarten in the basement <laughs> and endless math, endless reading yeah. every single night and then Saturday, Sunday, and then all through the summer to the point where it's so, so comical. I'd come home for lunch uh, during the summer, uh, during the lunch hour, and there'd be like four or five kids around my dinner table all doing math because the neighborhood Cause kids. Because Baba makes them. Yeah, because, yeah. oh, you want to play? Yeah, come in, come in, right? Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you about USSR. <laughs> and they're doing, like, 
and like some of them are rolling their eyes and that's great. our kids are just uh, so conditioned where I gotta I gotta get through all these uh, multiplication and math problems because if I want to go outside oh man so my wife kinda, my wife is exactly the same because yeah. she's a but then yeah. it's super awesome because your kids are just endlessly reading and just pumping off uh, numbers and math and it's kind of cool to watch them grow and learn in that way yeah. but I appreciate other educators also um, for perspectives and, yeah. and for and for different styles of learning but on that I think you know our kids started going to school in the lower mainland where uh, the influences were far more confused and that's I think where this yeah. whole SOGI one two three curriculum born out of the Pacific Northwest I think it was like Portland, Seattle, where yes. a lot of um, yep. even uh, housing and homelessness approaches come from. Just very, very progressive ideals around what people and how people should what people should do and how people should interact. And so, yep. um, I remember being very concerned early on about this curriculum because it didn't come with any education. It didn't come with any um, context. Yep. But in Fort St. John, there was a conversation that we had with our uh, principal at the school and then each of our kids' teachers yeah. early on saying, what is it? And it was funny, the one woman said like, you know what, uh, I got an email and I got a link to an online um, like training, uh, training module, module or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she said, all that we're exercising on the, the entire curriculum is that everyone is to be uh, respected. Bullying will not be tolerated. And uh, if a person uh, reflects or identifies in a different way, the other kids can't make fun of them. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I would be like, my kid would get a smack on his butt if I ever found out he was bullying anybody. Yeah. Like my kids will not be that. And it's interesting because kindergarten and grade one, my son came home and said, I don't remember the name, but this kid's going by a new name. And then we saw the family, we saw the child, and I knew that this child is has the freedom to determine their own gender. Sure, yeah. And our son was like, why would anyone do that? And we had a really interesting conversation because in our extended family friends, there is a couple who are in a lesbian relationship. And our kids were like, why does Auntie Carrie live like that? Hmm. And these are early conversations. And I actually love them because it allows us to have a different form of education that surra surrounds that respect and anti-bullying thing of like, listen, that's the choice they're making. That's not the choice for our home. Yeah. <laughs> does it mean that we should never talk to Auntie Carrie again or that you should bully this kid in your class? 100% mm -mm. no. And so that conversation with that teacher was uh interesting because it's still frustrating that they have kind of and that's just one teacher's perspective but there's others who kind of swing it a little further being like and i've not experienced that but that's the 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 fears like they're asking sitting down every kid and saying like are you a boy or are you a girl that is what it's being presented as and it could happen it's not been my experience right but i also believe that um as the world turns that a non-christian response would be we have to somehow protect these kids the ones that are so confused mm -hmm. or it's so that it's not confusion to the world it's sin but it's it's fine to the world but i can almost get there and empathize why that needed and it's probably from very conservative christians who are actually maybe bullying right which is a real hard thing to do because like protect our children like those children are sin living in sinful households yeah uh 
they are so lost and confused. Mm -hmm. So I could see how the world would develop a system to protect them. Sure. But we're seeing that as an indoctrination of our kids who are just trying to live righteously. And I think in Fort St. John, we do live in kind of a bubble because like I have some family that live on the island and their kindergarten classes are having Mm. drag queen story hour and they they are doing stuff like that. So it's not like we're saying that kind of evil is not happening. It totally is. Uh, down in the lower mainland, down in Vancouver, more progressive cities. I think we are kind of living in this sweet bubble, which I told my wife, we are never moving out of this. (laughs) It'll pop. It it will. But I think, um, like our approach, um, is that, yeah, we're we're just way more intentional and you know what? We would have been anyways, whether Soji exists or not. Uh, so when we when Lucy was first going to go to, kindergarten at Finch we met with the principal and uh it was super awkward but I just literally laid all the cards on the table hey uh, I'm a pastor I'm a follower of Jesus I don't agree with this soji curriculum I don't agree with pushing gender ideology on kids please tell me what your point of view is on that and he was great we have a great principal he basically said like all of our teachers have to do the training mm-hmm. And his comment was, but I think it's kind of silly. And all of the teachers here just want to teach kids how to read, read and write. Yeah. And then I actually went to, can I tell you, can I go look at what kind of library you have? And then I just went through and looked at all the library books. And there was nothing crazy about like, oh, Johnny, where's a dress or any of those kind of books. Mm-hmm. So we felt really comfortable. But every year we go and we ask for a private meeting with the teachers, not on an open house night yeah, yeah. to like fluster them. But I say the same thing every year. Hey, listen, this is who we are. We're followers of Jesus, blah, 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 blah. Can you tell me what is your plan for this year in regards to like Soji stuff? Or are you going to be covering that? And so far, uh, every year, they've kind of said the same thing that the principal said. Yeah, not really. I think the one year she said, well, there's one unit where we read a story where the princess actually saves the day, not the night. And she says, that's as close as we're getting to like a thing. And I said, okay. And then we just tell our teachers, uh, if you decide to teach anything like that, please let us know first. And Lucy or Ruby will probably not participate in that unit or whatever. And I said, like, we, we believe that it's our job as parents to teach our kids about gender and sexuality. And so you don't have to do that. And so, so far every year Mm -hmm. we've done the same thing every fall. We're like, we're going to play by year. If all of a sudden Ruby has a teacher that says, you know, call me they, them, and I'm going to try and brainwash your kids and whatever. If it happens, we would go, well, we're going to actually homeschool. Yeah, we yeah. would revisit that. Or we're going to send our kid to, to Christian school. But so far, it's been really good. And the teachers have been super respectful, just like, yeah. oh, yeah, I get it. And they've said, like, we think it's your job to do that as well. And we want to partner with you to help your kid succeed in math and science and reading and writing. And we're like, awesome. That yeah. was actually the basis of the conversation we had around sexuality in general or just health sciences yes so i asked um could you just let us know if when you're when you're getting to that portion because we're going to have that conversation with natalia first yep totally but i don't so yeah of course if it got pretty wacky i would remove her but i don't mind her learning about sexual organs when she's going into grade six because we had tatiana actually walked with her through a sexual uh, identity or a you know, information book yep. for children yep. based on God's principles and designs. 
And so Natalia knows people have sex outside of marriage. Yes. It's interesting. We've paused movies and she's like, mom, why are they doing that? It's like, <laughs> what well, kind of movies are you watching? <laughs> no, like just like a boyfriend, like mean. a drama, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, it's actually been um, the foundation of really, really neat conversations yeah. with Natalia. And I shared, I don't think on the podcast, but a few weeks ago, she comes in my room and she was talking to both of us. They're like, why do people swear? Yeah. Like, why do adults choose to swear? And then she started going through like, can I say this? Can I? And I'm like, no, that's not something. And I wanted a free space for her to ask questions. Yeah. Like, so she knows what the F word is. And it's funny because in French, that word is the seal. definition of a baby seal. Yes, right, right. And I'm like, yeah. you'll never use words. Like, she's like, well, dad, if well, I'm talking, about, I, yeah. Yeah, I if I'm talking about a baby seal. I'm like, I remember okay. doing that. Being yep, like, same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not swearing. I said baby seal. <laughs> I, I think what I'm hearing from both of you guys is what, what Aaron and I as parents hope to do regardless of which system. And that is to actually protect our kids in the best way I think parents can. And that is to have a relationship with your kids. Totally. Yep. Both of you guys are telling stories where your kids feel safe enough that they can come to you guys with questions of things that have happened in the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. If your child thinks, oh man, I just saw or experienced or did something that my family yeah. is utterly disgusted by, yeah. I can never tell them. Yeah. Is totally. that healthier than them coming and telling you about it? Yeah. I think I think that's where the imagery uh, of being a good parent, a good father, a good mother comes from Yahweh, actually. Mm -hmm. Right. God allows us to live in this broken world, but we are also meant to have a loving relationship with him that when yeah. we sin, we can turn to him and repent and confess our sin and then continue to go out into the world mm -hmm. and walk as believers and 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 strive to sin less strive yeah. to turn away from that instead of going back into it yeah, and that that's good that is the image that god gives us mm -hmm. of a good good father right and so then to say well no i have to keep my kid from all those things i think that's where the naivety comes because even god knows that we're going to be exposed to sin god knows yeah. we are going to expose others to sin yeah. because it's within us i grew up in that house where you couldn't say or talk about anything wrong like it would yeah, just yeah. shut down so fast and i turned into this hidden sinner away from my parents that eventually got lost in addiction and everything terrible and so it's interesting when you you mention that because thinking about raising my kids in a godly way it's like well why do we believe that yes well here's why yeah, uh, yeah totally dad that person looks drunk i'm like no they're probably not they're probably high what's high <laughs> and I, like i just have frank like natalia is yeah. very um mature for her age yeah. and we'll just have like and they know that i went i once went to treatment they know my best friend hmm. had just gone to where's uncle he's getting help yeah why because he drank far <clears throat> too much well what about his kids yeah like what happens now yeah and it's just again based in that when we tell our kids something and when we tell them about the, the truth of the bible they know we're not just feeding them fluff they know there's a reason behind it because yeah so the alcohol thing made me laugh because uh, over sabbatical, we had uh, Molly and I one night had like a, a Mike's hard lemonade. And the kids are always like, man, that because it's bright colors yes, and whatever. Yep. Man, that looks good. Can we have that? I said, no, there's alcohol in this. And we have really frank conversations like I thought I thought that was bad. No, you know, if I drink 15 of them, then that's really bad. Mm -hmm. 
and okay. and it says hard on there, right? Hard lemonade. And so and so then anytime Molly and I would have any beverage, is that hard? <laughs> and then there was something that said like um, hard candy. Oh yeah. And I can't remember who was it Ruby or Oliver that was like that has alcohol in it. I'm like, no, no. just the word hard doesn't mean alcohol. <laughs> it's just branding in that case. But when you were talking, Corlin, like yeah. a bunch of passages came to mind about. Uh, disciples of Jesus, even Jesus prays in the high priestly prayer, like, God, I'm not asking that you take all my disciples out of the world, right? Yeah. But that you keep them from the evil one. And so, I don't know, there's like this mindset of like, the world is evil. We have to like completely remove ourselves from it. Even Jesus was like, that's not possible. And actually then, then you're not going to do the mission that I've given to you. And right. And then he'll tell his disciples, I want you to be as wise as serpents He's talking about being in the world, but then be as innocent as doves. Yeah. So keep keep your innocence, right? And walk in obedience, but you need to be wise in how you interact with people. I even thought of 1 Corinthians 5, which we've been studying as a church, when uh, Paul had written to them, don't associate with sexually immoral people. They said, all right, that's it. No one talk to anyone in the world. And he says, like, not at all, meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. Yeah. Right. So he's like, if you guys want to, disassociate with sinners, like find a new planet to live on. Like it's just sarcastically you had, you'd have to leave the earth and even then you're there. So there's still sin there. Right. So I don't know, as parents, um, this idea of protecting your kids, I don't think it's even biblical to say by protecting them, we're going to completely remove them out of the world or try to remove sin. Sure. Why are we surprised that a, this broken, sinful world is creating more sinful systems? Yeah. Why are we actually surprised? Why are we thinking that we could yell loud enough and maybe they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, and remove the entire thing? Sure. Because they won't. Yeah. There's no amount of um, protests in British Columbia that'll stop the progressive South from saying, we're going to reconsider all of our position and recant. Yes. Like world systems don't generally do that. They fight right. to the end until they're wrong and or and there it is wrong. So it's like the efforts amongst folks to fight against something and I'm not it's so I can you know you can defend both sides and I'm not saying not to have a strong position or not sure. to voice your opinion. Yeah. But it's like your opinion doesn't matter to them. They are lost. They know your opinion. If yeah. you're a follower of Jesus, they know you don't agree with this and they don't care. Yeah. And so then I feel like we have to amp up our influence on our children one by one, teacher by teacher, yeah. day by day, yeah. because the world is only going to get more progressive and sinful. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's a worldview because some Christians would disagree with you. hundred yeah. percent. Saying, yeah. no, our job is... Uh, I think know, we talked about it was we, it last week Christian nationalism yeah or like post-millennialism or the idea that if we just like uh, influence enough from the top down then we'll just kind of like Christianize the world and then Jesus will return there's a whole worldview post-millennialism uh, dominionism whatever you want to call it so some people listening might go might have that kind of worldview where no our job is to you know i think of a jeff durbin or if i think of a uh doug wilson, doug wilson the idea is like our job is to take over and christianize the world then they would say uh we're accomplishing the mission by protesting and marching and doing stuff like that but i think biblically 
It's really hard to make a case for that. But I think you were doing that with the principal and the teacher saying, I don't agree yeah. with what you've been asked to do. Yeah. And it takes way more work, I think, to like build relationships. We tell our teachers every year, we're actually going to pray for you, mm-hmm. whether they care about prayer or not. And please let us know if there's any way that we can like, it just takes more work than going and picketing and being mad about right. it. So I, but it, I think it's a worldview issue. Like what is our job as Christians? And if you believe our job is to just kind of change all the laws and moralize everyone and Christianize everyone, then yeah, I get that that would be your plan of attack. Let's go protest. But if it's like, and I think Jesus tells us if our job is to go and make disciples, that that's like a relational thing. That's not me just being mad at everybody. That's me building a relationship with my neighbor, telling them about Jesus, praying that they become, then they become believers. Then it's me discipling them. Yeah. Like I've had uh, conversations and I think I've shared this on the podcast before where, where it gets into this interesting territory. Do you care more about the laws being Christian laws or do you care more about the people being followers of Christ? Yeah. Like that's, you have to answer that question you can't leave and, and you can say, well, yeah, I want them to follow Christ. But if we do this and as soon as my family used to have this rule, and I think it's actually pretty accurate. As soon as in a conversation, your argument has to start with, but if we, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're probably not actually in the right. <laughs> right. It's um, so true. When my kids are like, I'm sorry, but, but, but I did it. I'm like, but well, nothing. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And so it, it's an interesting conversation. Again, I think I shared it on the podcast, but it's worth sharing again. If you went to a village that had no knowledge of Jesus and, and there are stories, I think tip of the spear, I think is a story yep. about this where they came into the village and it was like, just honestly a murder fest where if you, if your father was killed, then it literally from a young age, it became your life's like mission to then kill the person who killed your father. That yeah. was an honorable thing. And yeah. like just, they didn't live past like, 25 or something because they next kid would get old enough to be able to kill the 25 year old and so on and so forth. Right. And so coming into a culture like that, I mean, obviously there's, there's maybe room to be like, Whoa, like what, what's happening. But at the same time, the missionaries that went there kept telling them about Christ and what he did for them. Yeah. And when they became Christians, they're like, Oh, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Right. And so then I even like think in your own heart and your own life as a listener, even for us, yep. the sin in your heart, the sin in your life, um, chances are you probably like it more than you realize. And if there was a law against it, is it going to stop you from doing it? Hmm. Cause there yeah. is rules against sin. Yeah. God has given them yeah. and yet you choose to continue to disobey. Yeah. It's kind of like walking this fine line. Cause I just want to clarify <clears throat> for people listening. We're not saying like, don't be involved in government. Don't write letters to you. No, totally do it. Like if something bothers you, we, as a democracy, we have like avenues to do that. Write your MP, set up a meeting with the school board. Like, yes, do the things. I don't know. I have to, uh, so (laughs) I'm sitting at city hall yesterday. Sure. There's probably 15 people in the building just doing their jobs. Many of them are from other parts of the world. They're just, no one really knows what's going on outside. They're more so just like even in the corner of the building where they were, no one's there. Mayor uh, is in Vancouver for meetings that have been set up for months. Councillors don't work there. They don't have offices there. Yeah, like, yeah. It, that's interesting in one lens. But I will say I believe in protests and marches when poverty 
when justice is being uh, impacted in the sense of like marginalized people really being damaged, like sure. I believe we're called to be very vocal when there is injustice. Yeah. I'm uh, and I'm not saying injustice is like vaccine mandates. I'm talking about like uh, in Vancouver, I joined a, uh, a statement uh, where you know, people were dying outside because there wasn't enough shelter beds. Hmm. Like there just wasn't enough. And so the, the, you know, the government moved and they created more. Like, I believe as Christians, we're called to do that. I yeah. do believe we're called to write letters, but in your frustration, in your anger, do not sin because there are people yeah, totally. from yeah. our church community who wrote letters to city hall during COVID and they were sinful. Yeah. <laughs> My colleagues reading them think this person is crazy. They're rude and maybe even dangerous. Yes. In the lens of because God and I'm on this position and I was embarrassed to even and I didn't even acknowledge that I knew that person and that they went to church with me. Embarrassed. Yeah. (laughs) And so I think that we can be like very vocal appropriately. Yeah, totally. How do you? Yeah. And it's it's challenging. I know that. But how do you have a position that? Yeah, I don't know. If you're going to go and be that public, then people still have to feel that they're not ostracized or demor- like they they can't feel like you are against them as a human being yeah totally and yep. i think that there are going to be cases where people still feel that way when we stand firmly on what we believe because sure. what we believe it's a cheesy line but it's true that the what we believe uh is that the gospel is offensive because it deals with our offenses and so when you stand firmly on yeah. something people probably will be offended by that but how we handle that how we present it I think doesn't have to be. Offensive. Yeah. Let them be offended by the gospel, not mm-hmm. be offended at you because you're yeah. a jerk. Yeah, yeah, totally. I totally agree. And so, so let's talk about this uh, million person March because it happened well, yesterday. Yeah. So and none, of, none of it felt godly or loving. So yeah, let me, sh- so in case you didn't know, they all across Canada, they said, you know, September 20th, right? That was yesterday. Uh, you, we're going to have a March and basically in short, it was the idea of we are protesting the Soji curriculum and gender ideology in the schools, you know, hands off our kids was kind of the, the, so it was organized primarily by a Muslim group, but Christians kind of lumped in, uh, basically conservative people. And I don't think everyone was Christians. I don't think everyone was of the Muslim faith. I think it was just conservative people going, I don't like what's happening, which I get, I get, I don't appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. So then it was like, we're going to, you know, uh, pick it outside city halls across Canada and then maybe school board offices. So there was one here. They started at city hall at nine. Then I think they marched down to Centennial Park and had like a rally there. I, I drove by because I had a meeting with someone at Boston Pizza. So I drove by and yeah, there was like a hundred and something people there. I'm like, okay. And then all across Canada, there were counter protests by pro LGBT whatever people Um, in all of the footage that I watched. So I just watched, you know, not a ton, but just people live streaming the stuff. Um, (laughs) I I would be embarrassed to call myself a Christian and be there. Now, again, I wasn't at every protest. I wasn't at the one at our church or at our church (laughs) at our city. Could have been totally fine and respectful. All the ones that I saw from Ottawa, Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver was just people screaming at each other Mm. uh, from both sides. People in a megaphone saying, you're all pedophiles to the LGBTQ people Mm. and F you and don't judge my kids. And I would be embarrassed 
to be yeah. call myself a follower of Jesus and to be involved in that. Cause, and, and at the end of the day, everyone went home. What did you accomplish? Right. All you did was say, was further the idea that if you're a Christian, you hate people. And I know, I know that you might be listening going, but that wasn't the intention. And, and I'm not saying your intentions weren't bad. I'm just saying as I watched and not news outlets, because I know people will say, well, CBC spins it. Sure. All I watched was people's cell phones. I'm just filming What's what took happening? place. And it was just like, it was just embarrassing going, man, <laughs> then, and then you're a Christian saying, I, I want to go and and reach lost people, they're going to go, oh, you were at that thing? Screw you. I'm not listening yeah. to you. You hate me. And I'm just like, you're burning bridges so unnecessarily. Yeah. And to reiterate, like Fort St. John was probably different because... Oh, totally. There's probably 100 people outside City Hall and you couldn't even hear them from inside. Like, sure. it's just so friendly. I could see people having a great time. You know, one guy walked to Tim Hortons and brought like three or four travel packs sure. for everyone. Very Canadian in that sense. <laughs> Very northern. Oh, hey there, bud. Let's rip down to Centennial Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there were probably 10 to 15 people from our church community there sure. who I know love the Lord, who I know are concerned about kids. But I will say that for my colleagues, lost people, they didn't think of that as a Christian organization. No. They didn't know that the goal may have been that... Um, uh, there was a bumper sticker in the parking lot of like God's children cannot be bought or sold or something like that. Sure. And I heard two ladies talking about that. Like, is this a church? So I think if the intention for our Christian brothers and sisters was, was to have a position where we believe in the word of God and that it's different, it wasn't displayed. Yeah. And so if that was the intention, it was a missed mark because no one, nobody at no. least at that location of all the staff there, nobody knew. Well, the RCMP contacted me because I'm the chaplain right. and they were asking me, do you know who's organizing this? Do you know what this is? And I had to go back and say like, here's the link to the this million person march. I said, this is not a, an event associated with our church. Right. <laughs> Just because I am I was embarrassed being sure, like, this yeah. is not a North Peace MB church event because like, ugh. Only because also there were a lot of folks there who I know don't, uh, there were some, I won't say a lot of people I know who are non-Christians and who are very angry at the government. There's yeah. three individuals I saw there who were on lists about like if they come inside, that's probably going to be an issue. Okay. Well. Um, there is one individual who I was uh, personally attacked by during COVID uh, who is non-Christian so if your intention was to have this Christian representation, like it yeah. looked more like a COVID freedom rally, the Canadian flags threw me off a little bit as they have over the last few years, because like you're essentially saying, but what about candidates? Like, well, Canada's kind of doing this, right? Like you're, it looks actually maybe that you're promoting more sure. of what's happening because the government that made it, you're wearing Portland's their, chomping at the bit. are wearing their colors, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I know that when it comes to stuff like this, obviously there's passionate people on both sides. Totally. How as Christians do we navigate something like yeah. that? Like, like I know you were saying it's fine to be in government. It's fine to go to rallies and stuff like that. But like how, how as yeah. Christians, individual households, do we tackle I this? I actually think uh, I'm going to retract my statement. <laughs> I think in, in the culture that we live in, any time you're like, let's do a rally, you're going to be hijacked 
immediately by people that in our culture because of what they've been we made, had a social we had a soji info night here years ago we did five years ago or when yeah. that was the first time we met I think uh, so. and so soji was kind of brand new and so yeah. i basically let's have an info night for parents this is what it actually is and then let's just like pray for our our school Maybe system we need to do that again yeah sure. to have a prayer night um Pray for our teachers. Pray for Christian teachers who are kind of in this system. We need Christian teachers in the school system. Pray, like, pray for lost, confused children. Yeah. So pray I pray for their families who are encouraging. I had I heard a sermon over sabbatical where he was talking about um, the way the world's going and you know secularism and blah 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 blah. And what he said at the end really hit me because he said, "Okay, so how do we?" interact with people he said you should actually pity them instead of just being so ticked off instead and of angry it. because he said they're lost they're like, the victims of your enemy they're not yes enemy, yeah. they are blinded by satan don't don't be mad at them like yeah. pity them yeah and pray for them and love them and don't compromise on truth that's not what he's saying like okay whatever but man that really hit me because i'm like it's so easy to be so, I'm so angry at all these people. And I go, wait, they're just lost. They're blind and we need to pity them and like love them and yeah. share the gospel. I with think them. that's where what you guys have done, where you've gone to the principal or to the teachers and yep. been like, Hey, this is where we stand. Please let me know. I actually think that's more effective. I think so. Cause then not only does that teacher know that you're involved in your kids' lives, which is protecting them. Yeah. Uh, statistically speaking, they've asked, uh, just as an example, I'm not saying all teachers are, are this way or anything like that, obviously, but they've done research and statistically speaking, pedophiles are less likely to get involved in your kids' lives if they can tell you're involved in your kids' lives. Sure. Because you're dangerous to them then, right? And and it's not in like a, a going to hurt them per se kind of way, but you're, you threaten their ability to get what they want. And so if as Christians, you're involved in your kids' lives yeah. and the people around see that there's less of a chance of them influencing your children, right? Yeah, totally. So I think being involved in, in a relational aspect like that is actually far more effective than standing with a sign that says, keep my ha keep your hands off my kids, right? And maybe, a, yeah, maybe that's something we, we roll around with the elders or is a church, like what would our position, because I think another prayer night or just an info night or a, how do I engage with my, the school system? Uh, yeah resource night might be yep. worthwhile in the coming uh, months. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want you to feel like if you're listening and you went to one of those things, like I, please don't hear that. Like we're bashing you. I get, I get why people are doing that because they don't like the way the world is headed. I get it. I don't either. But I think if we, if you read the Bible, none of us should be surprised because, and again, it's a worldview thing, but when you read the book of Revelation, uh, the, it just it just talks about this is cycles of evil. And there is a kingdom of darkness and it hates the light and it wants to destroy the world. And actually the book of Revelation, the message that is given to followers of Jesus over and over and over and over and over again is be faithful till the end. That's our job. It doesn't say like, you know, you've got to go and fight back against systemic evil in the social systems. It's like, no, make disciples and just be faithful. You Don't give know, in. Don't bow the knee to Babylon. You want to know how Christ fought it? 
Yeah, by he dying. Died to it. And the other message is, yeah, we win by dying. Yeah. It's like uh, the 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 world may kill you, but when they kill you, you actually win. So, mm-hmm. I think it's just again, it's not that we wink at evil and go, well, it doesn't matter. It's like no, but it's the how we go about. Uh, I and I am still a firm believer that you change a society uh, from the bottom up. The more people that become followers of Jesus and disciples, it'll it will inevitably change a city. Yeah. But I don't think you can like you know, legalize Christianity from the top down. It just doesn't work because Canada was in quotes a Christian nation, and every year thousands of people died and went to hell because they weren't Christians. Well, yeah. The fathers of our faith couldn't do it, so take the pressure off y- yourself. Yeah, like yeah. so. I think yes, be concerned. Yes, pray against evil. But I just think there's act diligently, act diligently, like, be intentional with your kids. I think express in a loving, polite Christian way, your concerns about the way the world is going. But like, I just hope that you don't go home from a rally, patting yourself on the back, being like, we've done good for the kingdom. When I'm like, I don't know if you have, if I'm honest, I think, yeah. I think you feel like you made your voice heard, which is great. But like, did anybody at the counter protests? become a follower of Jesus yesterday. Maybe. I don't know. I can't say for sure, but I doubt it when you're yelling at a megaphone through them that they're pedophiles. I just, I don't know if that is going to make, you know what? I want to join your team. <laughs> there's, there's a line in a Casting Crown song, and I think, like, the line is specific to a certain issue, but I think the concept is is it's applicable to what we're talking about. And the line is something along along the lines of uh, that God has got to change your heart before he changes what you wear. And it's true for everything else too, to, yeah, he has to change your heart. We can make laws, but even, even the Jews did that where they made laws upon laws upon laws and they were still called a den of vipers. They were still lost in sin yeah. and without Christ are still right. And so it, it's very important that we remember that as Christians yeah. that, it's good. Cam's like, wrap it up. He gave the official signal. So um, hopefully that's been helpful uh, or at least interesting. Um, sorry if you were at the march and we offended you, but not sorry. Um, this has been a episode 115. And as always, for real, if you have questions or comments that you or um, topics you want us to cover, please email us or message us and uh, we'll keep recording these as long as we can. And so God bless. We'll see you next week.